Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. 21 years old. At that age, I can still remember, you feel like you have your life in front of you with dreams and hopes and plans. It's hard for me to imagine what this young girl, Nafia, has been through to be in college at an awesome New York University and you're heading home. And then out of the blue, a man appears and throws a liquid into your face. And you have no idea who, why, or what. We now know it was some sort of battery acid. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I want justice. I want justice so deeply. I have a little girl. She's 13. I have a little boy, 13. I cannot imagine the pain not only she, but her parents are going through. And with us today, the mom and this beautiful girl, just 21. But we need you. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Listen. A college student is heading home. It is 8.30 at night. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a man comes up behind her. Then he does the unspeakable. He throws a liquid substance into 21-year-old Nafia Ikram's face. Nafia works part-time as a pharmacy tech and was coming home after a long shift. She was getting out of the car and walking towards the home on Long Island. She lives with her parents. You could see in the video the man comes sprinting from this direction direction and throws acid right on her face. I felt like it was kind of warm juice. It was like room temperature and it didn't stick to my face right away. It didn't burn right away. So I just thought I had just been pranked. A couple seconds later, I'm walking down the driveway after he did that and um, my face starts burning. At first, she thought she had been pranked. Take a listen to more of what our friends at Inside Edition learned. Do they know what kind of acid? Um, it's like the acid that they put in batteries. I personally think that this was definitely premeditated and personal. You think you were targeted? I, I think so. The attack left TV personality Padma Lakshmi shaken. Her driver is Nafia's father. This Pakistani family um, is such a nice family. I've known them for over a decade. They don't even know if she'll be able to see properly ever again because she had contacts in and the acid burned and melted the contacts into her eyes. With me, an all-star panel to make sense of what we know so far, analyzing the clues left behind. Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor, author of Red Flags. You can find her at wendypatrickphd.com. She's also the host of Today with Dr. Wendy KCBQ San Diego. Dr. Jory Crawson, psychologist, faculty, St. Leo University, research consultant, and author of Operation SOS, 
practical recommendations to help stop officers' suicide. Karen L. Smith, forensic expert, lecturer, University of Florida, and host of Shattered Souls podcast. Spencer Corson, founder, president, Corson Security Group at CorsonSecurityGroup.com and author of The Safety Trap, a security expert's secrets for staying safe in a dangerous world. And Serena Fazan, four-time Emmy Award-winning anchor, reporter, Serena Fazan Media. You can find her at serenafazan.media and on her podcast, On the Record with Serena Fazan. But first, joining us, Sharina Muhammad. This is the victim's mother and Nafia Ikram. Nafia and Sharina, especially, thank you for being with us. Nafia, tell me what happened. It's 8.30 in the evening. You're leaving school, heading home where you live with your parents. What happened? So I parked the car. I had my um, stuff in the back seat. I went around the car, and when I closed the door, I looked toward the right because I was turning around. And at this top time, at the end of my block, I saw a male figure standing there just looking at me. And I got a little creeped out. Now, hold on. Hold on, Nafia, right there. Are you telling me you're in your car? I was leaving my car. I was, like, at the back seat, in the, in the back seat, getting my stuff out. Okay. I'm having a hard time hearing you. So you're you're leaving your car and you're getting things out of the back seat. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, that's a time when you're very defenseless, like people at malls getting stuff out of their trunk or their back seat. Mm-hmm. You're not you don't really know what's going on to either side or behind you. Right. So you've been getting stuff in or out of your back seat and then what happened, Nafia? Well, as I'm turning around and leaving my car, I shut the door. I turn to my right, and I see someone standing at the end of my block, just looking at me. I got a little creeped out, so I started to walk down my driveway very quickly, and that's when I heard footsteps running up behind me, so I turned around. So you're already at home. You're at your parents' home. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. That that helps me a lot to understand that. I knew you were leaving school and going toward your parents, but you had made it there. Yes. Got out of the car, got stuff out of the back seat. You're getting up and you see this guy at the end of the block. What did he look like? I couldn't really see much because it was dark. It looked like he had a dark hoodie over his head and his arms looked like they were crossed in front of him. That was all I saw from the distance that I was at. Could you tell what color hair he had? Was he white? Was he black? Anything? No, nothing. I couldn't see anything about his face. Okay, then what happened? Then I started to walk down my driveway very quickly because I got spooked. Because in our neighborhood, especially like in March, it was cold. You don't see someone walking around the block or anywhere like outside unless it's summer. So that was just weird in itself. I started to walk down the driveway very quickly, and I heard footsteps running up behind me. Um, so I turned around, and that's when it happened. Oh, my stars. You say you turned around because you heard footsteps, and that is when it happened. What happened? Um, I turned around, and he was standing right in front of me, about like less than a foot away. He had a cup in his hand, and as soon as I, like, tried to get a closer look, 
he dashed something in my face. I didn't know what it was at the time. Um, it kind of felt, like I said in other interviews, like a warm juice, because that's the only way to really describe it. Like, you know, the substance of the liquid. And then I started to walk down my driveway closer to my back door. And I was just like, okay, like, what was that? Because I thought, like, maybe he was going to attack me or kidnap me or something. But, like, to just dash a liquid in my face and run away, I was like, that's weird. And then a couple seconds later, it started to burn. So that's when I started to panic. Nafia, question. Do you remember what the cup looked like? Was it an open container? Did it have some sort of a lid on it? No, it was an open container. And it was like those really big white foamy cups. A really big, are you talking like a coffee cup? Yeah, like one of those very big. Or a cup from a fast. It's like, you know the ones that you can like get. Like a thermos? At, yeah, exactly. The ones you could get where? I'm going to say the ones you could get at like 7-Eleven or like a deli. At where? At like 7-Eleven. Oh, or like, like a big gulp cup yeah, type thing? But it was Did like it have styrofoam. a handle on it? No, it was styrofoam. Okay, styrofoam. So when you're saying a cup, you mean like a to-go cup from McDonald's or something, not a coffee cup with a handle? No. Okay, I'm asking for a reason. I'm asking for a reason. And um, Spencer Corson, founder and president of Corson Security Group, to me that's critical information. I'll tell you why. That means this person that threw acid in Afia's face in my mind, came from somewhere nearby. Because how can you travel with an open container of battery acid? You're exactly correct, Nancy. This was 100% a pre-planned act. And whether or not that acid was already in the cup or if he made it on the fly just prior to the attack, this was a clearly identified and researched and, you know, he, this was 100 uh, percent the retribution of a, of a grievance held by this by this predator. But yet she didn't recognize him. Crime stories with Nancy Grace. Let me go back to Nafia Ikram joining us along with her mother, Sharina Muhammad. Nafia, when he got up close to you, was there any recognition? Do you think you know him or have seen him? Any hint of recognition on your part? No, because when he got close to me, I tried to get a little closer of a look. And I remember as soon as I like started to squint and I moved my head a little closer to him to see his face, that's when he threw the liquid in my face. And that's how it ended up getting in my eye. What did you do then? I uh, turned around and continued walking down the driveway, a little shocked because that's not what I expected. And then it started to burn. So I began to panic and then I ran to the back door where my dad was standing in the kitchen. And I told him what happened. I was crying. And then he realized, he said that he saw like my face turn gray and it looked like there was blood dripping down my shoulder, which actually was just the color of the acid on my coat, but it looked red. So he freaked out. And that's when he started screaming for like my mom to call 911. She was in the bathroom. She came dashing out and then they both said to 
started to um, take off my coat and undress me so that they could wash off my face and stuff while the ambulance came. Did they wash off your face? Yeah. They began to do that in the kitchen sink, and then my dad was on the phone with the cops. So my mom took me in the bathtub and started to throw water in my face with the cup. She told me to sit down, and she was washing my face. And as she was doing that, I remember telling her that I couldn't breathe because my tongue started to get swollen. And I began to drool. I just thank God you're alive. I thank God you're alive. Thank you. Yeah. Nafia, have you gotten any of your eyesight back yet? Um, it's still the same as before. I can see colors, but nothing other than that. It's very, very hazy and bloody still. But that's only in the right eye. The left eye is okay. Thank God. With me is Nafia's mother, Sharina. Miss Muhammad, I'm so sorry for what your daughter and your family are living through right now. If there's any way we can help you, we will do it. Uh, the tip line, everyone, 516-573-8800. Repeat, 516-573-8800. This is not just a headline. This is not the plot of a movie or a TV crime show. This is real with real people and real hurting that are looking for answers. If you know anything or think you know anything, please dial 516-573-8800. There is also a GoFundMe, Help Nafia Acid Attack Survivor. Ms. Muhammad, please tell me what you recall of that evening. Thank you for allowing us and inviting us to your show. It means a lot to us. Yes, ma'am. So I came home after a 12-hour shift. I picked my daughter up from work. She had completed a 10-hour shift. She drove home. And so I went in like just almost a minute before her to use the washroom. She came in behind me and then she explained what happened. I was in the washroom and I heard my husband screaming call 911 and as Nafia explained what happened it was we still feel like we're living a dream I still feel numb I still cannot believe we're, this is our actual real life we're experiencing it's not getting any easier for us my daughter's having a lot of complications she cannot even eat food she's still on liquids we had not anticipated all of this major complication and complexity of the damage that the acid has caused. I don't know. We don't know how long it's going to take. She will never be the same again. And as you mentioned, she's a young girl, 21 years old. She's my only child. And... We're just pleading and begging anybody's help. If they have any clue, to please help us. That's the main, most important help we can get. And also prayers. And we're forever grateful for everyone to help us with GoFundMe because 
or I had no idea it was going to be so costly and complex and we have no idea I'm not working my daughter's not working she's everything to me and I don't care about working I want to be here for my daughter she needs me and she's all I have so I want to thank everyone and please beg everyone to come out and call that number if they have any clue that can help us find this monster that did this to my daughter. You are hearing the voice of Shireen Muhammad. She is the mother of Nafia Ikram. Please help her. The tip line is 516-573-8800. Repeat, 516-573-8800. You can go to crimeonline.com and find out all about the case, the tip line, and the GoFundMe. The GoFundMe Help Nafia Acid Attack Survivor. Take a listen to our friends at Inside Edition. Neighbors told police in Nassau County, New York, they saw three men sitting in this red car outside Nafia's house before the attack. She believes it was personal. Do you know who did this? We do not know who did this yet, but we will we will find out who did this. Nafia faces a long road of recovery, and she says she is actually grateful because it could have been worse. I'll get through it. With me today, Nafia Ikram. She says, quote, I'll get through it and is grateful because it could have been worse. To Serena Fazan, four-time Emmy Award-winning TV anchor and reporter, host of On the Record with Serena Fazan. You know, Serena, I've seen a lot of crime victims in my lifetime. And her words, her simple words, I'll get through it. I know. I know, Nancy. Inspire me so much. And I want to help her so much. What do we know, Serena? Just tell me anything we can go on. Nancy, this is something, too, that you and I both so relate to. We both have daughters, right, around the same age. I only have one daughter as well. Here's what we know, though, and here's what I'm very, very curious about. This horrible, horrific attack happens on March 17th. Why are we hearing more about it now? That's my question. Why, why didn't police come out earlier to talk about this? And also, the question I have, too, this does sound, again, very targeted. Nafia has said that she had not been in any type of uh, romantic relationship or had uh, any type of partner um, and knows of no one who would have done this to her. But my question is, for something like this to happen, there has to be people that police have interviewed. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. By all accounts, the perp was wearing not only a hoodie, and you can see the video. I've watched it over and over and over. You see Nafia Ikram outside her car, and you see in the video a person running up directly to her. Just as she describes, hearing the footsteps running up, and they're by a white 
picket fence, literally a white picket fence, which you think is like the all-American dream, a house, a yard, and a white picket fence, runs up to it. There's cars parked along the street. It's a neighborhood, a residential area. She's not in some seedy part of town. It's a lovely area. And then suddenly you see the figure running up directly to her. She's walking away. Her back is to him. But he goes for her. And when she turns, that's when he douses her with kind of a white styrofoam to-go cup, we think is the description I'm getting, in her face, covering her with battery acid burns and burning her eyes. She cannot see properly. She can't eat, and it is a miracle she is alive. To you, Nafia Ikram, I understand your father rushed you to the hospital? And they got there within five minutes. They couldn't go with me in the ambulance because of COVID, but um, they came afterwards to the ER where I was in the trauma unit. It may have saved your life that your father drove you instead of waiting for an ambulance. Guys, take a listen to our friend James Ford, Picks 11. Surveillance video captured the March 17th attack. Police say that a thin man, six feet, two inches tall, sneaked up and attacked Ikram with a cup of what they call a hazardous substance. He ran up behind me and didn't say anything, waited for me to turn around and just threw it in my face. She's spent the last month in medical care. Think this through. Out to you, Karen Smith, forensics expert, lecturer, University of Florida. The guy's got on a hoodie and gloves. Uh... Nafia, did he have, was there any emblem on the hoodie like a school or a, a sports team? No, I couldn't see. It was very dark. It just looked like it was a dark hoodie and clean. The only thing I noticed that he had was like a stripe going down the right and left shoulder of the hoodie. That was it. It was like a thin... You mean down the arms or down the I'm shoulders? Sorry, the arms, yeah. A stripe going down the arms. I'm not saying it's Adidas, but you know how they have a stripe going down the side of the pants. Um, And the cup, again, the cup. Do you think it was a plain white styrofoam cup? Yeah, that's what it looked like. Did he throw the cup down or did he run with it? He ran with it. He didn't drop it. This is what we know. Uh, The guy is about six feet two. And he's wearing a hoodie with stripes down the side. The hoodie's over his face, and he's wearing gloves. That tells me, Karen Smith, as Spencer Corson was saying earlier, does he live around there? How else could he carry an open container full of battery acid unless he drove a car there, parked around the corner, poured the battery acid while in the car, and then snuck up on her? That's right. There's reports of a red four-door sedan uh, that they're looking for, and that's a part of the flyer for this case. And, you know, Nancy, the first place I would start is rental car agencies. Dogs don't use their own cars. Um, I would start with rental car agencies. And a question of the timeline that I have, a styrofoam cup, and you're dealing with, with what she described as battery acid, that would probably be something like sulfuric acid, styrofoam cups will eat through acid will melt through them so we're we're dealing with a very tight timeline was the bottle in the car they poured it in the styrofoam cup and then ran down the street this is a very tight timeline that they're working with so i'm hoping that you know maybe look at pool supply stores 
auto supply dealers. Yeah, where do you where even get battery get acid? Battery Why would you get battery acid, acid at a right. pool supply store? Yeah, not a pool supply store. I'm sorry, auto supply store. Yes, like an um, auto a, zone know, type chem thing. Lab worker. Right. Was he a chem lab worker? Did he work in an auto zone? Did he work in a garage? Somewhere that has these things available. So it's going to be a little bit of a boots on the ground, gumshoe detective um, some work needs to be done here with that. And you said red sedan, which typically means a red four-door. Right, that's right. So normally what we're talking about when we say not an SUV, not a minivan, not a Jeep, not a truck, a regular sedan. Right. The, the picture they have online, it, it looks like it may be a Toyota yeah. or a Nissan, but it's a four-door red sedan four-door. That's right. I thought Nissan when I saw it. But I, I, another issue is where... Did they get the battery acid? That would make me go to every auto zone and auto repair shop in that area to try to find out. And another thing I'm curious about to Spencer Corson is ring doorbell cams. You know, police have access to about 80% of those right now. And you can see what car he got into. I wonder if the police have have checked that in the neighborhood. Not only that, Nancy, but in addition to um, all those other places, you can get battery acid. You can get acid at Target, Lowe's, any home supply store. But to your point about the importance of ring video cameras, this was not the first time that perpetrator was at this residence. At some point, some research and planning had to have been done so that he knew where to pre-stage so that he could come up behind her. So... Those video cameras, while it's great that they captured the initial incident, the historic record of those cameras will also provide key clues as to who this individual was. I want to think about the ring doorbell aspect to Sharina Mohammed. This is Nafia's mother. Ms. Mohammed, have the police shared with you if they are trying to get neighborhood surveillance? Yes, they did mention they went around the neighborhood and checked um, the neighborhood cameras. They did say that. Well, I mean, the guy had to run to somewhere. Did nobody's camera pick up where he ran to, Miss Muhammad? They didn't. They did not give us any information. They just keep telling us they don't have any lead yet. It is very unclear if Nafia will regain her vision ever. The acid caused her contacts to melt into her eyes, is my understanding. We don't know the motivation. I'm looking right at the vehicle uh, and you can see it it's been released by crime staff stoppers and the nassau county police department and you can find it at crimeonline.com the exact car another issue i'm wondering about wendy patrick i mean for pete's sake maybe they should consult target and walmart because they seem to catch every detail of what's going on in their store. Why can't we enhance that tag plate? I think eventually we'll be able to not only do all of the clues uh, follow-up that we've discussed already, but I think they're also going to maybe decide this is somebody that knew what time she got home. Because the fact that when she was getting out of her car, and Nafia, you are in my prayers, you and your loving family, but you describe getting out of your car being surprisingly Mm -hmm. observant after a 10-hour shift. You noticed something out of place this guy waiting there which is what it sounds like so maybe it's more we talk about disgruntled clients and disgruntled you know professional contacts that we don't know about i mean half the people that are stalked don't even know who their stalkers are only to find that there's some sort of a professional connection maybe in addition to enhancing the evidence as nancy points out that i hope the police are doing maybe they're also going to figure out 
who professionally might know your hours, your shift, or have some unspoken grievance that, that waited for you, as you mentioned. So I'm looking forward to finding out those clues as well. Take a listen to our friends at ABC7. Police have increased the reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of this individual from $5,000 to $20,000. They are still trying to figure out a possible motive. We have no evidence at this time to say it was a hate crime. We have no evidence at this time to say that it was not a hate crime. We treat our victims the same. 21-year-old Hofstra pre-med student Nafia Ikram believes she was targeted in the March 17th attack, but she doesn't know why. I was in that ambulance and I felt my chest being ripped out of my soul. That's how much pain I was in. Investigators are testing the substance to figure out what exactly it was. Ikram suffered first and second degree burns and can't see out of her right eye. Both parents received and tried to help the daughter. She screamed for help. They received burns to their hands. Also, when the acid was thrown in into uh, Nafia's face, it caused her to scream, and then the acid got into her mouth. Her tongue and throat were burned as a result. But hey, you interested in 20 grand? Anybody? Because uh, the reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of this lobster, this ghoul, this this devil straight from hell is now up to $20,000. $20,000 for information helping to solve this brutal crime on a beautiful young girl going into medicine. Tip line 516-573-8800. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. To Dr. Jory Crawson, psychologist, faculty, St. Leo University, and author, Dr. Jory, he did not want to kill her. He did not want to sex assault her, rape her. He did not want to steal from her. That's really narrowing down the motives. Right. Yes, it is. And especially the choice of weapon, which is the acid, that's meant to cause pain and inflict disfigurement. And disfigurement. Yes. And uh, so, you know, that really does narrow down for a profile. It could be somebody that just felt slighted by her um, in some capacity, not necessarily uh, a relationship, but, you know, some person that wanted to injure her to this level of severity. We know he fled in a red 2013 to 15 Nissan Altima. A red Nissan Altima 2013-15. And you know how they know that? Uh, I learned this as a prosecutor. When I first went to homicide, I walked through the car theft division. And they have stacks and stacks of photo albums. Every year or other year, the taillights, the front lights, something on a car is redesigned, I think, simply for the sake of change. And by that simple redesign, say of a taillight, you can determine the make, model, and year a particular car was released. 2013 to 15 Nissan Altima 
according to police. Now, I want to go back to the possibility that this is targeted, which I think it is. Nafia is with us. She's speaking very faintly, so listen very carefully. Nafia, and to your mom, Sharina, thank you for being with us. Nafia, you're in school. Do you know of anyone that you have rejected or somebody that has a crush on you or someone you think is harmless but you don't really know them that are always hanging around no especially since because of covid the classes were online so i wasn't really going into classes or anything like that to be around people from the school how about work no i mean possibly because i speak to so many people on a daily basis but I've never had, like, any altercation with anyone. So I don't think it would be an altercation necessarily. Um, I mean, Sharina, your daughter is beautiful. There are wackos out there. They get crushes with absolutely no uh, suggestion from the woman that they're interested. Or sometimes the woman doesn't even know someone has a crush. But they do. Right. Um, I'm just thinking, Sharina, where does your daughter work? She works um CVS. She's a pharmacy tech. She works in Baldwin. So she sees people every day that she doesn't really know. Take a listen to our friend Stefan Kim. ABC 7. My advice is to surrender yourself now because we're coming for you. The Nassau County Police Commissioner with a message for the man seen in this video committing an unthinkable, heinous act, throwing some kind of hazardous, corrosive liquid in Nafia Ikram's face. Police now on a manhunt and releasing new leads. The vehicle that we have on video at multiple locations is a 2013 to 2015 red Nissan Altima with yellow New York plates. The 21-year-old pre-med student in Hofstra University telling Eyewitness News last night she noticed the suspect as soon as she got home that night. I see someone standing at the end of the block by the stop sign just looking at me. And I like thought that was really weird because especially in our neighborhood, it's very quiet. And being that it was like March, it's cold, especially at night. You don't see people walking around why did they know what time I'd be home? Right. It was like they were waiting for me. That's more information. New York plates. New York plates on a red Nissan Altima 2013 to 2015. Karen Smith, that's a lot of information. That's fantastic information. And I'm going to walk back my, my theory about the rental car because the 2013 to 2015, no rental car agency is going to have a car that old. Um, you know, it, it's going to belong to somebody. Somebody has that car registered in their name. I'm really hoping that they can enhance that license plate somehow, Nancy. To Nafia Ikram, how has this changed your life? Honestly, it's changed my life in every possible way I could think of. The main thing in the beginning was that I couldn't see out of my right eye, and I thought that that was bad. But now, like, the fact that I can't really eat, like, I live on protein shakes, I struggle to even like have ramen noodles like I can't even eat that so just basic things like I love things like Cheez-Its and like tuna sandwiches I can't have anything that's even as soft as bread it just won't go down my throat 
So that's the major thing. And then I don't work anymore. I don't go to school. I used to exercise a lot. I used to have a life outside of, you know, work. I used to have a social life, not partying and stuff like that. But I just mean like something simple as going out to get ice cream. I'm so traumatized now. I wouldn't go. Or like walking around the block because I saw that man standing at the end of my walk is just traumatizing to me. Like being in my own backyard alone, traumatizing because this is what happened, unfortunately. Sharina Mohammed, this is Nafia's mother. What are the doctors saying? Well, it's going to be a long road. Um, they're treating her. She had eyelid surgery uh, last Wednesday because so uh, the healing process is causing a lot of scarring and um, things are getting shifted in her face, her eyes, same problem with her throat. So she is going to have multiple surgeries step by step, see how it's healing and progressing. Unfortunately, we did not anticipate such degree of damage and we're really shocked and my daughter's getting more devastated every day as more things are getting complicated. They cannot predict and give us uh, a definite answer as to what will happen. They just have to explain one day at a time, one procedure at a time. They're going to try to, you know, do the eye surgery and then check her cornea, see if any vision comes back. So at this point in time, we do not have any definite prognosis of what's going to happen to her, which is very devastating to us. For those of you listening now, if you have information or think you have information, we beg you to call 516-573-8800, 516-573-8800, or go to the GoFundMe. They desperately need our help. Help Nafia, N-A-F, as in Frank, I-A-H, help Nafia, acid attack survivor get justice at GoFundMe. Nafia, what do you miss the most right now? Eating what I want to eat. That, because honestly, like, yeah, my face is a little different right now, but skin heals. The fact that, like, I have to watch my parents eat certain things like yesterday they had pizza and I was just saying like I miss eating that you know because honestly because of the fact that I'm pre-med I'm going to share a like medical fact which is let's say like you're depressed or you're feeling down you know how people say like if you eat ice cream or chocolate you'll cheer up that's because eating something you enjoy releases dopamine in your brain which is um, critical to your mood. So like, for example, if I'm craving Chipotle and I go get Chipotle and I eat it, the dopamine levels in my brain are going to go higher, which will increase my levels of happiness. So let's say like I look in the mirror and I remember that my vision is horrible and my face is messed up. At least I can eat my Chipotle and a little bit of my happiness will be there. But the fact that I crave certain things 
or I see my parents eat certain things that I can't have. Like two nights ago, I had a dream that I was eating something that I love to eat. And then I woke up and I remembered I'm having such hard time swallowing that this is my reality. And then I wake up even before this happened. I'm sorry, before this swallowing issue happened. I was in the hospital because of the fact that they had me on steroids and stuff. The inflammation wasn't as bad. It got a little better. So when I came home, I was eating a lot better. And then it went downhill. But even before the swallowing issue happened, the vision, like I said, was the main issue for me. But now this, it just makes me a lot more depressed. Because like I said, food contributes to our happiness levels in our brain. So that's definitely something. Nafia, you said that your face is different. What do you mean? I don't look the same at all. The way I used to look before, my face now is just completely different. It's going to take a long time to heal. I know I'll heal, but like the skin color is very red, very swollen. So I just look different. Who, who, who? would do this we wait as justice unfolds and in the meantime we continue to pray goodbye friend